JB, a question a lot of people have isn't who's necessarily who's one or two on our rankings, but who's number three? And I've got to still do my ballot, so I, I decided to go to some folks that might know better who is number three, namely some players in the, uh, the Stag Bowl Friday night. Last question. I haven't done my ballot yet for uh, top 25. We will assume one and two will be North Central Mount Union, one of the two orders. Who's number three this year in your uh, book? There's a lot. I mean, uh, is how the game went even last week. Marathon, but it was a fantastic team. I mean, top to bottom, great athletes, great team, great people everywhere on that on that roster. And then um, watching like Wartburg play against Mount Union, that was another great team who played incredibly hard and they're really fun to watch but it's hard to really judge I think in terms of that especially when you don't play like everyone down the road even just looking at Bethel putting up uh, putting up a great fight against Mirahart and Baylor and kind of letting it slip at the end there's a lot of very talented teams but I think I'd still have to keep like Mirahart and Baylor would be number three I think right now Ooh. Um, that's a tough question um, I can just say that you know Warper was we played them so that was a, they were a great team and a tough opponent and um, that this playoffs we've kind of we played some tough teams that I would put up there um, I, I would say Mary and Baylor yeah. uh, you know I, I don't know um, I'm not sure um, obviously there's a lot, all the teams we play in the playoffs have been good and um, you know I've only got to compete against Warburg and never got to play against Mary Harden Baylor so I don't want to speak on them, but um, you know Warburg is very talented, so we got to play with them. Yep. Um, to be honest, I think it could be a toss-up because there are a lot of close games this year within the uh, within the division. Like Mary Harden Baylor's up there, but also, I mean, they beat Trinity, but Trinity had a close game. Bethel had a close game. There's a lot of things that could go either way. So to be honest, I'm not really sure. I would say like the teams like Mary Harden Baylor, Bethel, Wheaton, they're all up there for. Uh, third in the third in the country. Um, that's that's a hard question. Um, you know, there's a lot of great talent all throughout Division Three. So there's some great talent. So you know, I'm here. I'm ready to play. So what do you think, JB? Who's number three? If you had to say it right now at this point, without the game being played yet, probably a healthier Crusaders team. I just feel like, you know, Kyle King, once he uh, went down with that sh shoulder injury and we, and we found out it was separated, they had to pop it back in during halftime. Um, and, you know, Walker got away with some uh, probably potential pass interference on Jordan there in the second half. And maybe if that game's played at a more neutral site, uh, it's, it's not going to be a 35-point spread. I still, I'd say the Crusaders would be my number three pick, even though, man, Wartburg really uh, probably should have won that game against Mount Union they just uh, you know their defense couldn't make that one last stop but that's what Plunk and, and company have been doing all year if they have time they're going to throw the ball down the field and score and that's that's what we're we're looking forward to tomorrow or Friday night uh, for the Stag Bowl it's going to be a great pass offense against a great pass defense. I'm still undecided on who's number three. We'll find out. I think after the game will probably be the best time to tell. See who uh, comes victorious here. Maybe drags the other team with them to the number three slot. But first, we have a big game to come. It's the Stag Bowl. Stag Bowl 49 on season 15 of In the Huddle.
Okay, so in a perfect world, we would do this live on a Friday morning from the stadium, test our connections for the pregame show and everything else. Well, Annapolis, Maryland is not a perfect world. It's a nice place, don't get me wrong, but uh, for us here, it is uh, a little bit of a uh, strange situation because the practice field is the actual Stag Bowl field, and so there's been a lockdown of sorts going on in this stadium uh, all the last couple of days. We're doing this on Thursday evening inside the media uh, area, the press box, uh, as uh, it is raining like the Dickens outside, and even though things will clear up on Friday, it'll be about 50 degrees during the day, we may not have an opportunity to even do this because there'll be practices going on around 9 a.m. until about noontime here at the stadium. So we are recording this. Okay. This is against our better judgment and desire, but it is what it is. Uh, JB, we're going to talk first about the semifinals, how we got here in the first place, your 30,000-foot view. Since I'm about 29,000 feet in the air right now, I feel like at this stadium at Navy, uh, Navy Marine Corps uh, Stadium here in Annapolis. But uh, you go 30,000 feet and tell us what you saw in the semifinals. Well, in a, in a season where we saw a lot of very unpredictable and exciting things happening, upsets, uh, topsy-turvy results, games, wins, losses, we, of course, get the predictable one versus two national championship game. Um, you know, I was thinking that maybe at least one upset could have happened last weekend. It did not pan out. Uh, I probably should have just stuck with the with the with the numbers and the tail of the tape and and gone with my with my head more than uh, as a as a fall because I got my first official goose egg of the season. Um, you know, I still stand by the Wartburg pick, and I really do feel like they they probably could have won that game. Uh, but I, I knew I was going out on a limb with uh, with Mary Harden Baylor with the you know banged up Kyle King, and then as we ultimately saw. You know, just some of the struggles that uh, that they had trying to get the ball to Brandon Jordan later on, and ultimately, I mean, North Central is just such a great team. Um, never should have picked against them. I'm not gonna, um, you know, make that mistake twice. And so, hey, um, they they're definitely going to be the favorites in this matchup for a variety of reasons, and we'll kind of get through those and, and talk about it. And once we get to our next tale of the tape segment in a little bit. Sounds good. I uh, figured out it was about 68.5% this season so far. You're about 74%, so that 10-game lead being something, even though you dropped two last week. And I went 6-0 uh, and the last two weeks, which is unusual for me in the yeah. playoffs. But when chalk is winning, I guess that's the situation that if you're picking chalk, chalk's going to help you out eventually uh, in the way this yeah. world goes. So, JB, first things first here, we're going to go to crunch time. Uh, we are going to use some clips from last week here. And uh, it's, you know, tough games, no doubt, we're going to see here yeah. in a minute. Uh, but the results that a lot of people expected coming into the playoffs, as you said, you might hope for some upsets here or there, but ultimately we end up with one versus two. How do we get there? Here we go. It's time for crunch time for week 15 of the 2022 Division III college football season. We'll start with the early game, the Wartburg at Mount Union. And here is a big play uh, with the score 14 to seven in favor of Mount Union as Nate Link recovers a fumble forced by Owen Grover as he uh, collides with Braxton Plunk and uh, Link lands on it, or actually uh, runs with it, and then uh, goes down to the 14 yard line two plays later. 
it's Carter Henry taking the 14-yard touchdown pass from Niall McLaughlin to tie the game at 14 apiece. We'll go to the third quarter where Wayne Ruby Jr. gets a two-yard touchdown pass from Braxton Plunk to make it 21-14 in favor of Mount Union four minutes into the half. Wartburg would trim the lead to four with a field goal early in the fourth quarter. And then to 11-10 left fourth quarter, Drake George, 26-yard touchdown pass from Nile McLaughlin. Wartburg is leading this game 24-21. But Mount Union has a lot to say about it. First, 4.33 left. Braxton Plunk, a two-yard touchdown run. It's 28-24, the score of the century, it seems like, lately, in favor of Mount Union, but it didn't end there. As Wartburg, I don't know what happened here to the defense of Mount Union. It looked like slow motion as Carter Henry gets a 59-yard rumbling touchdown from Niall McLaughlin. 31-28 Wartburg. More on this play later. Then... Fourth and seven. Plunk in trouble. Plunk going to throw deep for Ruby. He made the grab. How did Wayne Ruby get behind the Wartburg secondary to be found by Braxton Plunk? 31 seconds left. Mount Union's Tyler Echeverry, who was in for DeAndre Parker, gets a three-yard touchdown run. It's 34-31 Mount Union. One last chance for Wartburg, and here's fourth and ten. Now McLaughlin is incomplete, and that would do it. Mount Union wins this game 34-31. Braxton Plunk goes 43 for 56, 396 yards, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. On the other side, Carter Henry from Wartburg, seven rece receptions, 158 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. JB, that Carter Henry touchdown, though, is telling about some of the gaps right now we're seeing in the Mount Union defense in key times of certain games. It's a concern, obviously, especially when you're going to take on an offense like North Central's. But maybe we learned a little bit, a little bit about the defense of Mount Union. He said. Well, yeah, I think so. And, and really, the Mount Union defense is all predicated on getting pressure on the quarterback. And if they're not going to be able to to get get to Luke Lennon, uh, then that's going to create some some holes and some opportunities for for folks like Hardy and others on this um, you know Cardinals passing attack, which you know they. They can throw the ball. I mean, they, they love to do the power runs and, and you know send Greenfield up the middle and, and bash away. But with play action, the RPO, these um, linebackers and, and, and defensive backs from Mount Union are going to have to be on point because it, it only takes a couple of split seconds for that separation. And we saw that a couple times with the Knights, and they did a good job of creating some matchup challenges, and they capitalized on some, some big plays, although, unfortunately, that last touchdown they scored was just it was too soon. Um, um, you can't give Mount Union three minutes um, with the game on the line. That was ultimately what did the Knights in, in my opinion. But, you know, their defense had played great all season. Um, you know, you thought maybe you had a chance to close them out. But with this, uh, with this vertical passing attack that Mount Union has, it's going it's, it's to be tough to slow them down. Let's go to semifinal number two, Mary Harden-Baylor at North Central. In the first quarter, midway through at North Central's, Alec Wolf gets a 16-yard touchdown pass from Luke Lanin. It's 7-0 in favor of North Central, but hold on. The ensuing kickoff, Tanner Reigns basically does a pooch to get it away from K.J. Miller, and they end up with the ball. And so a minute and a half later, 
Ethan Greenfield with a 7-yard touchdown run makes it 14-0. Basically, don't blink in this game, it seemed like, for the offense in North Central early on. But three minutes later, Mary Harden Baylor responds as Brandon Jordan gets a 15-yard touchdown pass from Kyle King to make it 14-7 in favor of North Central. We'll go to the second quarter, 12.55 left. Matt Quinn, an eight-yard touchdown pass from Luke Lanen, makes it 21-7 North Central. But Mary Harden Baylor will be heard from one more time with six minutes left in the first half. Jordan, a 32-yard touchdown pass from King, makes it 21-14. We'll uh, go to the third quarter, but I will tell you again, as JB stated earlier, Kyle King was injured. His shoulder took a big ding to it and ultimately was slightly separated and had to be popped back in, and he definitely lost some velocity on the ball. We'll go to the, uh, the third quarter, and you'll see Kyle King intercepted here by Sam Taviani early in the third quarter, and then the ensuing drive leads to D'Angelo Hardy with a 28-yard touchdown pass from Luke Lanen. It's 28-14 in favor of North Central. Ten minutes later, Ethan Greenfield, a four-yard touchdown run, makes it 35-14 North Central. The icing on the cake, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Nick Remmel with a 23-yard touchdown pass from Luke Lanen. 42-14 there. The final score, North Central 49, UMHB 14. That's 28 unanswered points in the fourth, in the second half, I should say, as Luke Lanning gets 313 total yards, four passing touchdowns. Uh, Brandon Jordan for UMHB, five catches, only 79 yards, two receiving touchdowns, though. But JB, this is one of those games where once that injury occurred, I'm not saying that UMHB would have won the game necessarily if it didn't occur, but it def definitely changed the nature of the game. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think what really changed the, the game, though, Frank, was the really gutsy call that Coach Spencer made on that uh, sort of pooch kickoff to, that totally caught everybody by surprise. It gave them a two-touchdown lead. And, and honestly, you know, Mary Hart and Baylor just, they, they tried, but they never could quite come back after that. That was a, a really great move um, by Coach Spence, and it really panned out. It was one of those things where it was a little bit of a risky play, but when it worked out, it gave them such a, a big cushion, and they never really looked back. I mean, the second half, Brandon Jordan was really shut out by Walker. I mean, I know that there were some um, Crusaders fans who thought that Walker's play would have probably been flagged if it wasn't in Illinois. But, hey, I mean, uh, it's one of those things where it, it was kind of a, a sweet revenge type of situation for the Cardinals, who, who also got blown out in the second half at the Stag Bowl last year. They got to the kind of you know serve the dish back, and and I imagine it was it was pretty satisfying feeling for them to win a semifinal game and, and punch their ticket to their third straight championship game uh, from their home court. And that is crunch time for week 15 of the 2022 Division Three college football season, the semifinals. JB. Before we leave week 15, let's look at your MVPs. Well, I'll start on the right, and we had him on the show for the semifinal round. Sam Tiviani was talking about how this was going to be his last home game of his career, and boy, did he show up big. I mean, the, just, you know, the interceptions, the sacks, tackles for loss, he just played an outstanding game. Um, I don't know if he can best it in, in the Stag Bowl, but he's this nickel linebacker role that he plays really uh, was a pivotal, um, a pivotal, I, sh I should say, uh, part of the Cardinals defense, and he did an awesome job. 
Tanner Reigns has been my special teams MVP for a couple weeks now. That pooch kick that he executed was perfect. He nailed all his other kicks and pretty much extra points. They didn't really need him for a field goal. We'll see if they need him to, to kick one against Mount Union um, Friday night. But speaking of Mount Union, I mean, how many almost 400 yards of total offense, like 56 dropbacks. I mean, this uh, Braxton Plunk has just had an amazing career for Mount Union, and he's um, been such a pleasure to, to watch. We've, we've had one chance to talk to him in the spring season. It would have been nice to have had, a, you know, another chance to talk to him or some other Raiders players. I understand at least you had, you know, a media day opportunity where they had to talk to you. Um, hopefully in the future we can have more conversations with um, young men like Braxton because I know I enjoyed getting to know him um, when we spoke in, in the spring season thanks to, to Lenny Reich and company. Um, and we miss you, Lenny. I know he'll be at the game tomorrow in spirit. Hopefully there's a little spot in the press box for him. Uh, to to watch the game and um, we'll be thinking of him uh, as, as the Raiders take the field on Friday night. Indeed, and we actually had a good time uh, with the Mount Union guys and the North Central guys, but uh, the Mount Union guys, too. We did get a little player versus player interview uh, going on uh, as well uh, for Mount Union, which uh, they uh, gladly participated in uh, during our media session. So we appreciated that. You'll need to tune in to the uh, pregame show, uh, d3football.com. Uh, at 5 o'clock Eastern time, it will start. Uh, and uh, Greg Thomas and Gordon Mann will be joining me as we go through the Glory Trophy winner and a lot about these teams and some guests along the way as well. And uh, we'll do a tail of the tape there, a little discussion. Uh, well, well, maybe we should do ours here now and uh, talk about number two taking on number one. And JB, uh, as we run through this, we see both teams are averaging over 500 yards of offense. 553 for North Central, 507 for Mount Union. And both are in the 200 yards allowed range, 203 allowed by North Central, 192 by Mount Union. Braxton Plunk, 53 total touchdowns, six interceptions. Luke Lanen, 48 total touchdowns, six interceptions. You might as well call it a dead heat there in certain ways. But where it's not a dead heat is the turnover ratio. Plus 13 for the Raiders, plus 26 for North Central. Point differential, plus 48.5 for North Central, plus 36.3 for Mount Union. JB, I got to be honest with you, the numbers seem to favor North Central and a couple key statistics here. What's your thought? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it's going to come down to can this Mountain Union uh, rush defense handle this 300-plus yards per game juggernaut that um, the Cardinals bring to bear? And can uh, Plunk protect the ball? I mean, he did get intercepted once by Warburg, um, and I imagine that the interception will probably happen at least at some point in the game tomorrow night. These defenses are too good for it not to happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the biggest difference between last year's North Central team and this year is really the the turnover margin. It's It's basically doubled um, you know they're they're doing a great job causing turnovers getting the offense the ball and that's the reason why they're scoring 50 plus points you know every every week so um, you know it's and I don't even know like the does the the pooch kick it does that count as a turnover in a way it is I mean um, so you could say they're they're really plus 27 and it's technically not really but um, yeah the, there's definitely a statistical advantage there but when I mean, you look at the, the passing sounds and the you know pass yards allowed by um, well pa 
passing touchdowns for Plunk, and then you look at the pass yards allowed by North Central, there's an opportunity that the Raiders could uh, potentially uh, take there. We'll have to see how it goes. So a couple things here before we get to the pick of this game. Uh, as usual, I will be on the sidelines for this game for, I believe, the 16th straight Stag Bowl. Uh, give or take. I, I got to go back and figure out the numbers at this point. I think this is Jack number 16 for me. Yes, sir. And uh, we do it now to benefit cancer uh, in terms of research or uh, treatment. Uh, we still love uh, Sager Strong, but this year, in honor of our friend Trenton Duper in center, we thought we, th we would switch up here a little bit to something that actually affects youth cancer, uh, namely the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Uh, obviously, he's yeah. a little bit older than a child, uh, but uh, youth cancer is something that is horrendous, uh, taking otherwise vibrant children or youth or whatever and taking really the slice of vitality and life away from them. They just want to go play with their friends and go to school and do the things they want to do, play their sports and everything else and cancer has taken that away from many of them. I got a chance to uh, get a little update from Trenton on how he is doing after, remember, he had about five-day chemo uh, situation yeah. going after he talked to us that Friday, that following Monday, he went in for those five days of chemo. Uh, he said, when I asked him how he's holding up, pretty good, I've actually had a great week so far, so that's been nice. And uh, I said, uh, awesome to hear. And I told him uh, it's Stag Bowl, but uh, a lot of people have been asking us, uh, and I know this is uh, true for you yeah. too, how he's doing. And I'll tell them the good news, but tell them to keep sending uh, prayers and support. And he said, that's awesome. Can't wait to watch on Friday. And yes, I'll never refuse more prayers. So keep it going, folks. Keep yeah. those prayers coming for Trenton Duper. He needs them. Uh, it, it's great to hear him in good spirits, at least through uh, direct messages. And uh, hopefully yeah. this is a momentum change for him after uh, what he, he's been going through. But please also, if you can, give to our little fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Hospital that we are doing uh, in honor of the Sparkle Man or Sparkle, Sparkle Mare uh, attempt here uh, this year. Yeah. As uh, I, There will be a costume change at halftime, most likely, with a couple different outfits for you to uh, maybe vote on which one you pre uh, prefer better. We'll see what happens. Um, All right. Okay, I've talked enough. It's time to make a decision here. Who's going to win Stag Bowl 49? Number two, Mount Union, or number one, North Central? JB, you go first. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the Cardinals have been the number one team and the team to beat all season, and it seems like they're just on a mission with these um, fifth-year seniors like Taviani and and Gilroy and other – or just, you know, strong team. Luke Lennon's really, uh, you know, improved his game and has really kind of become the best, you know, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in, in the nation. Um, you know, Plunk obviously has the stats – uh, but Lennon, man, he he can he can do it all, and I think um, he he will probably be the the difference maker along with some of those defensive linemen. Uh, and I, I'm going to call the cards will win Stagwell 49 by the, a 35 to 21 margin. Yeah, it comes down to the three facets of the game uh, approach again for me, which is how I selected uh, the winners last week, at least the North Central uh, game, and I, I went through that. I think when we look at the defenses especially right now, 
I go back to that long ball, uh, the Carter Henry uh, rumbling touchdown that almost gave the win to Wartburg, and you say to yourself, if you allow that to happen against North Central, it will be lights out early and often. And the thing about North Central this season is everybody has allowed them to jump out to a lead. Even Carnegie Mellon to a certain degree, granted, uh, you know, things calm down in that game a little bit uh, eventually. And, you know, the score was what it was. A good job by CMU. I saw somebody saying, uh, critiquing us on not giving Carnegie Mellon enough credit. I, it's anything but the truth uh, right there. We have uh, been strong on Coach Larson and company and at times have called them out for bad offensive performances, but their defense was the consistency that all the year long. Let's face it, they proved against North Central. Now the question is, can Mount Union's defense hold up? I'm going to say overall they'll do okay, but I think there are going to be moments in this game where they give things up. On the flip side, Mount Union will score points, but they'll have to be more deliberate in the approach just like they were against Wartburg. I don't think they're going to have deep balls early. Maybe later in the game they'll be able to get deep balls down and uh, converted and completed. But overall, on this neutral field, I said it on uh, the ATN podcast Friday morning, you'll hear as well, 30-27 to 27 in favor of North Central is my selection here. Would I be shocked if Mount Union wins? Won. No, I would not be shocked. But I'm going to tell you something interesting, and you'll hear more about this as well on ATN. Wednesday during press day, North Central and Coach Spencer really were saying essentially, paraphrasing slightly, but this is the intent. They want to be like Mount Union in terms of the juggernaut that Mount Union has been throughout the decades. Dynasty. And yet this is the team that's in their third straight stag bowl. Not Mount Union, North Central. And here is the first stag bowl in three tries for Mount Union since 2018. And that's the interesting thing here, folks, that North Central, the team that's kind of at the top, the pinnacle right now, is saying we want to be like Mount Union. But that's the paradigm. That is what everybody looks at in terms of Division Three. It's not even talking about Whitewater. It's we want to be like Mount Union. Something to think about in terms of what we'll be saying for the next 20, 30 years of Division Three football because there will be, for folks that are remembering, a lot of we want to be like Mount Union in those years that they were just the truly dominant team. We'll see who is holding the trophy at the end of Friday night in Annapolis, Maryland. It's going to be a slugfest, I think. It's going to be exciting on TV. I don't know what the crowd's gonna look like, but the night will be clear. It will be pretty good weather-wise, 37-ish degrees, which is not horrendous for what we've been through over the years. So come on down, come on out. Come see this game, folks. We want you out here. We want to see a good showing for Division Three football. JB, though, f we will have more shows after, obviously, uh, throughout the postseason. But I'm going to give you uh, a chance here to give your final thoughts for now on what you've seen up to this point. Well, what, this is our 33rd episode of, uh, of this 15th season. You're going to be going to your 22nd game uh, of this season. It's been uh, just a great ride. We've had a lot of fun interacting with the coaches, players, you know, fans, families, everything. You know, 
it's it's these people and these relationships and interactions that keep us you know coming back um there's part of me wishes i could be up in, in annapolis i know there's lots of reasons why i can't um, but i will be um you know tuning in you can watch the broadcast on the espn family networks but if you're like me you, you know you put your um you know, earbuds in and you, and you tune into the, the d3football.com audio so you can hear, uh, you know, Sparkle Mayor over there um, do his, uh, you know, do his thing and do his sign light interviews. Hopefully you're not going to be calling for holding or, you know, say it all day. You know, holding! Uh, from the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Skeeter, man. He's the best. Um, yeah, you better watch out, Frank. Your, your job could be in trouble, you know. You got well, you to gotta, gotta keep your game up there. So, and I'll look, look forward to seeing the um the sparkly jackets don't forget to uh to donate to frank's fundraiser um we tweeted out that on our our twitter handle uh so check that out at at d3fb huddle and it's been hey it's been a blast we got one last game left after all these hundreds and hundreds that we've seen um this this really fun uh season and and so can't wait to see who takes home the uh, the proverbial walnut and bronze and and good luck to both teams yeah, I mean, what a season it's been for us here and in the huddle, uh, season 15, beyond our wildest uh, dreams in terms of just being able to get out and about. Uh, the, I, when, I th- when I became mayor, I didn't think that was going to be possible uh, this year, but it, actually it was necessary in a lot of different ways. You folks out yeah. there made this drive, literal drive in a lot of cases of hours of driving on the road, worth mm. making you, you helped get my mind off things uh, where you know you have struggles throughout the week uh, in life in politics yeah. and everything else and I was always assured a good bowl of chili or a good corn dog or whatever else along the way on the other end of it and also a lot of great coaches and players the love that we got and everything else uh, yeah. it really was a season that I will never forget three trips down to Texas. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to have more trips to Texas next year and maybe to San Antonio more frequently than we think uh, next year to cover some of those games. We'll see what happens. But we'll have other places we'll hit too. I mean, when you think of the grand total of everything we did this season, Massachusetts, New York, obviously, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. Delaware, Maryland, Texas, So we we had quite a few states covered in this year for games and Illinois on top of it all. And so it was fun. A lot of resources spent, sure. But you know what? It's worth it, every penny of it. And hopefully we'll get JB to be on the road with uh, with me or uh, on his own if he wants to go cover some games uh, that I can't get to uh, next year. But this is going to be game number 22 in 2022 for me and hopefully it's another special affair to top things off here in 2022 we'll see what happens it'll be a great game thank you everybody for a tremendous season but we will be back in terms of postseason shows at the very least here in season 15 before we rebrand to season 16 assuming we're having one i think that will probably be likely but for now Until after Stag Bowl, enjoy the game, be safe, happy holidays. We don't talk to you on this venue, but nonetheless, enjoy yourselves, enjoy D3 football, and enjoy your families. Thanks, folks.